Hi, this is Ricky Stewart, and if you want to listen to a Raiders podcast, then you should listen to the official one, Behind the Limelight, with Raider Nick. Not this rubbish, with Flakey Blakey. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork. It's Raiders Review, with Blake and the Pork. Hello and welcome to another episode of the third most popular Canberra Raiders podcast on the internet. Raiders with you with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And uh, this is, as I said, the third most popular um, Canberra Raiders podcast brought to you by, with a very dubious support of the Greenhouse and of course the cash money sponsorship of Landspeed Records. Come in and get your vinyl, your records, record players as well, speakers, uh, all sorts of clothing, t-shirts, posters from people who love the Canberra Raiders as much as you do. And that's really got to be there. But we're also sitting here in the filthiest storeroom hidden somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? Never. Never. There's never. A, lot, a lot to talk about, Blake. There's a lot to talk about. There is. It's funny, you know, when we first were, when I first suggested the idea of the podcast to you um, a couple of years ago now, I was like, we probably won't do every week, maybe every second week if there's enough to talk about. Well, we're pretty much a weekly show now. We've, we've gone weekly and... Uh, we have. There's, there seems to be no shortage of things to talk about. No, there doesn't. There doesn't. When you think about one thing and then suddenly something else, something else, something else. I mean, something else comes up. It's very, very true. Uh, but I'd We're hurting. It's been a filthy week for the camera. Yeah, we're hurting. We're hurting right now. It's been such a filthy week. It's akin to how filthy this storeroom is. Like, It is. We're hurting right now. We... I mean, a lot has happened, but obviously the thing that's kind of freshest in our minds is the John Bateman uh, situation. We knew it was coming. It's a bit like a, a relationship. We knew it was coming, uh, the breakup. We could see the writing on the wall, but it still hurts. It still hurts because, and I think with John Bateman, you know, we, we, we fell for him and we fell hard. Yeah, still falling for him. We fell for him. It's, it's kind of one of those things I'm kind of like, I'm okay about it. I'm okay about it. I knew it was coming. And every now and then I've just sort of found myself just sort of like drifting off and you know I probably just have like a thousand yard like, yeah, stare no, on my eyes and I'm kind of thinking just recalling those good times that we had the good last times we year had. I mean, and, and then I sort of sign were they of, all just a dream I mean did, did no, he they ever, were true did they he ever true. really love us at all they were true of course he did of course he did and I, I think look I think if he does come or back or is it like Stevie Nicks say players only love you when they're playing the fans only love the players. There's two way. There's a two. It's a two way street, you know. The fans only love the players when they're going well too. So you know, Look, I, I, don't, I, I, don't, you, I don't. I don't. begrudge. I don't begrudge John Baton. Okay, so I want to tell you my take on the situation as it is evolving at this present stage, right? Because a lot of this has been glossed over in the language that we've heard, both from the club and from Bateman and from Isaac Moses, who strangely enough and stupidly enough actually came out to try and rebut. Uh, Ricky Stewart, I I didn't think there'd be any percentage in it whatsoever for him raising his head above the parapet at the present moment because the arguments against him being the vile scum that most of us consider him to be uh, are so tenuous. Um, But anyway, did. But here's the thing. The Raiders put down, because they have other players they have to talk about contract extensions for and, and look at their roster, basically said, this isn't going any further. June 30th, John, you have to tell us what you're doing. And so on June the 30, old June thirty deadline, June 30 which doesn't deadline. apply this year, interestingly enough, but it that's doesn't. a side point. Yeah, but he comes out and he says, "I will not be taking up the option in that contract in my favour for 2021." So what he has actually said is, "I will not be taking it." Like Jack Whiten said last year, and everyone carried away that he was looking somewhere else. No, Jack Whiten didn't take up the option 
of that third uh, of that contract option because he already knew he was negotiating a bigger contract with the club. So why on earth would he take up that option? All he was saying was, we're not taking up that option. It was an official line. What Bateman has done is officially said, I'm not taking up the option for the third year that was in my favour in the contract. I'm not taking that up. What everyone has read from that is, we've withdrawn all offers. We're no longer interested in him. He's no longer interested in us. We're all going our separate ways. And everyone has extrapolated from that process. But that isn't necessarily the case. Because I think, yeah, I, think stage, I think you're clutching at straws. I'm not. I at think this everyone's stage, moved on. At this stage, the biggest offer on the table for John Bateman, although withdrawn at this stage, the biggest offer, quite considerably, has been from the Canberra Raiders. All of the other offers are distinctly lower. St George has backed out. Apparently, Canterbury's even talking about backing out at this stage. So the only one that's well, really the, still the on reason... the table is Wigan, which is two million over four seasons. Yeah. Well, the big. The... So what John Bateman is basically going to say: I've come out here for two years. I've made a really great name for myself, put myself into the national side, and going great guns. And what I'm going to do at this point—he was is, already in the national side. He was already turned down for the, the next four side. years, eight hundred thousand dollars. No, he was a reserve. He wasn't a starting player. No, he was. He was a starting player. I'm going to turn down eight hundred thousand dollars to go back to Wigan, and he may do that. It is possible. But what I'm saying is, John Bateman hasn't signed for anybody else, and all the talk out of the club has been how much they like John Bateman and want him to consider play, continue playing. All the talk that's come out of his teammates that they're disappointed that he's not doing it. But at no stage has it actually been said, we will no longer, and we've heard this before with other players, we will, we've drawn offers, we're no longer talking to that person. The Roosters did it with Latrell Mitchell last year. We've withdrawn the offer, we are no longer talking to uh, uh, Latrell Mitchell. Yet, he's come out and said he's not taking up that third-year option. But we haven't said we're no longer interested in talking to him. And he hasn't said he's no longer interested in talking to us. What he said is he's not taking up that third-year contract. And he's talking about it in such a way that says, I won't be at the Canberra Raiders next year on those terms. So everyone's playing chicken at this present stage. But the Raiders aren't necessarily out of this. And Bateman's not necessarily out of that. Because I still think the best paradigm for everyone, money-wise for Bateman, playing with his teammates for Bateman, and his chance of actual success for Bateman is all with the Canberra Raiders. And the Canberra Raiders also know their best chance of success with John Bateman. This revolves around, uh, and pardon the French people, Isaac Moses being a And this is what it's coming down to. The club is refusing to deal with him because they don't want to deal with a person who acts like he does. And they've called him out in that term. Now, they won't use that French term that I've just used then that Blake will beep out. Um, but... That's really what this comes down to. And in the cold light of day, Bateman lives with Elliot Whitehead. He's mates with Ryan Sutton and George Williams and Josh Hodgson. Do you really think it's all over by the shouting? Not necessarily, but I think that the club has moved on and I think that we all have to move on. And I think, I think big, we do, but I, I still think the door's open. I think the elephant in the room over the whole thing is his shoulder. So when he put himself on the shop window effectively the week of the grand final which you know we really didn't like at all no and still uh to this day although i don't think we make the grand final without john bateman i think and i think i don't think that we can resent him i think what he achieved in one year is as good as any player has achieved in one year at the raiders and we we didn't make the grand final if he wasn't there and you know without him we really noticing him after the game against the storm we thought oh maybe there is life after john bateman well since then the right side has looked horrific in offence, uh, defence and attack. And we're missing him there, his leadership, his courage, his, you know, he was the one you saw when, when the chips were down in games, 
you know, he's the one yelling at the players to dig deep and come out. We're really missing him in, in, in so many ways. And, and this is the thing, too. Um, most other clubs are looking at John Bateman as a second rower. But he's not... What The real value he adds to our, our team isn't as a second rower. Yes, obviously, it's his position, the one he plays in. But it's not as that. What he offers to the side is his focus, his determination... Leadership. ...is absolute effort at all times. And leadership as well. He is never intimidated, he's never dominated, and he never stops. He's like the Terminator. He doesn't stop, he won't feel remorse, and he will keep coming at you. You can't dominate him, you can't intimidate him. Now, you can have that player in any position on the field, and they will have the same effect. The thing is, John Bateman's a second rower, which causes him problems for his value. If he was a spine player, a 9, 6, 7, or 1... This wouldn't even be a topic of consideration. You would, with those attributes as a player, if he was in one of those peaks, you would be talking about, you know, like seven figures. Yeah. Instantaneously, without any question. This is the thing, when the whole, the story came out during the week, when the week before grand final, uh, Isaac Moses said to him, I can get you a million dollars. I can get you a million dollars from Parramatta, which hasn't eventuated, won't eventuate. What the Raiders offered him is 750,000. Now, 750,000 for that position... Mm is as good as it gets. Remarkable. That's, that's, if, you're, that's, if you're not a captain who's also able to go yeah. into 5'8", like Wade Graham is, it's remarkable yeah. well, money. Well, that's what I'm going to say. So 750 is is Boyd Cordner money, and it's Wade Graham money. The only other player that you see mentioned as, as a second rower who's um, supposed to be on a million, and I think it's all uh, rumour and hearsay, and I've never seen any direct evidence, is um, the other second rower at the Roosters who went from South Sydney. Crichton, Angus Crichton. Angus Crichton. And this whole story about the Roosters offering him a million dollars, I reckon that probably came from Russell or Souths in some way. Yeah, I've that, never there's, seen there's, any real... There's, there's absolutely no way that he's he's on a million dollars. There's no way he's on... I would say both Cordner and Graham are probably on a bit more than 750. But they're captains, um, proven proven long-term players, and Wade Graham can walk into 5'8". Well, you know, and I, not just at club level, well, he can I walk into that, a rep level. I think that... Uh, Tyson Frizzell has gone to the the Knights for about six fifty. That's right. So again, that's but fr- I would say you know three years ago Tyson Frizzell that's ridiculously small. But at this stage, Tyson Frizzell he's getting good money for what he's what he's been putting out. No, oh, I think he'll look very good at the Knights. I'm he's a great will. player. Wait, wait, wait to that. see wait to see how he performs in a Blues jersey. You know, maybe his heart's not in at the Dragons. Well, is he going to get but, picked at the Blues? Oh, I, I I'd see him there. I'd see him there. I, I would in general too, but when they dropped Trent Merrin, I was against that too, but he's never come back, has he? So, you know. Trent Merrin, he's horrible. He, he was great. Anyway, There's only one thing worse about, is, about Trent Merrin, that's his Borat impression. His and his Borat, dancing. His and his Borat dancing. impression is brilliant. But here's my thing I'm not giving up on John Bateman. And to quote the great David Soul of Starchy and Hutch fame, Johnny, Don't you're out there and David. I know you're listening to us. Because you're a great listener of Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. Don't give up on us, baby. We're still worth one more try. And and that's the way I, I, I think. As, feel about as it. I was saying before, it's hard to get a word in with you sometimes, but in the shop window, his value was at an all time high the week of the grand final. Yes. Well, his stocks post shoulder surgery into unsuccessful shoulder surgery, second shoulder surgery, mm. his value has dropped considerably. Yeah. And but- which is why now teams like Dragons and the Bulldogs are balking on paying him that big money. And I know they're balking at it, and we're not going to deal as a club with, in the manner that we were being but dealt I'm saying, with maybe along these that's... lines, nor do we see the point in it. But I know for a fact that Don Ferner Jr. and Ricky Stewart would love 
to come to an agreement where John Bateman stayed and was happy to stay. Would do, love it, and every single player of the club would love it, and pretty much every supporter would love it. So don't give up on us, baby Johnny. Do we leave. know, though, from the club point of view, mm. that his shoulder's not going to be good? I still find the whole shoulder... I've said this before. I still find the whole timing of the shoulder uh, surgery... I and it almost seems the timing of, the, of when he had the operation. If the club thought that the shoulder was bung, if the club thought the shoulder wasn't going to come good, we would have heard a lot more talk about that to justify it, if nothing else to justify it to us, the supporters. I don't think... Heard, I don't, you, I don't we would have heard it one way or another. We would have heard it through Paul Kent. Come on. We would have heard it through that source. If there was a question over that, if they genuinely thought that was a problem, it would come through then. Yeah, I think there's a question mark over it, but I don't think it's a bad question mark. I think his shot will come right, and I reckon that he'll be worth his money. This is my thing. What I can't believe is seven fifty was turned down. You know, and yeah, this, well, this is one of the problems where it's happened. Blake get... Austin turned down seven hundred or something, oh, didn't he? Thank God. <laughs> um, but when you look at these situations, you've got these kids, and that's what they are. They're kids. He's twenty six years old from an incomplete education in Bradford. You know, and he's done well, and he's he's been good. He, he's raised a child, and be conscientious that that when if I'd you know, been lucky enough to get a woman to come close enough to me that I might have been able to get them pregnant at the age of 15 and I got them pregnant, I probably would have run a mile. You know, the fact that he didn't, it speaks greatly to his character. Like, and this is the thing people forget when they're having a go at this and that in his character. I think his character is proved by the way he's looked after Millie and dedicated himself to that. So, and I think people forget that. I don't, I don't, I that. don't, I'm not going to be one of these people that's going to personally have an issue for him because like I said when he's pulled on the jumper he's absolutely given his all yeah. and should and hopefully he does come back later in this season I mean some people are saying that he shouldn't be selected and everything else and, no, you know, bugger that. and, and we've, got, we've got some of that coming through but, but should he pull on the jumper again he will be giving 100% you will all. never have to doubt in his effort for the jumper if people calling him a mercenary okay he wants to get the most money he can which is understandable I get that point of view and, and good on him for that I want him though to actually go get more money if he's leaving us if he's not I will be personally hurt by that of course but if he, he ends up with the Bulldogs that, but if he ends up with the Bulldogs is, on less money it's it's no one wins. Yeah, no, but, but maybe the Bulldogs win. But he doesn't win. We don't win. Wherever he goes, wherever he pulls in a, a shirt, he will be a hundred percent competitive. That is the nature of the man. That will never change. So you know, in terms of the whole sort of uh, comparison to a breakup, I was saying before. Yeah, if he does leave, we hope that he goes back to Wigan, uh, and then he'll be you know because if we have to see him in the pub every night with another girl, exactly. It's like it's like. Your ex, you want them to move overseas. You don't want to be in the same town yeah. and you run into them, you know, and he's there playing for the Bulldogs or the Dragons or whatever it is. That would really suck. So, yeah, hopefully it's in his best interest to go back to Wigan. I'm surprised. I guess it's a state of, of uh, the economy in the Super League that they can't find more than 500,000. Yeah, maybe. Because it would be a huge thing for him well, to go back We've got there. some... I, I went out to the to our, our people, our peeps, to find out what they actually thought. And, and John Sharkey, the third, came back and said, you know... Former you, Listener of the Week. I think everyone's been a Listener of the Week at this point. Well, week, and so. I'm about to get into our new <laughs> Listener of the Week after this. But do you think John Bateman, if healthy, even plays again for the Raiders this season? I think a big N-O. Well, I think a big Y-E-S. Yes, like, there is no way that uh, Josh Hodgson and Elliot Whitehead, George Williams, etc., would want if he's ready to go, they would want him in the team. Everyone wants him in the team. Yeah. It, it's There's no, no question, way you know, he doesn't like, play. Yeah, you, you might feel and upset I still, about I'm it, still but very hopeful. Play. I'm still very hopeful that he will come back mm. towards the back end of the season. But like I said, the shoulder is still it's up in the air, so who knows? Yeah, I reckon if it was bad we would have heard. 
Uh, Marco, who is this week's Listener of the Week. On your Marco. Uh, you can uh, see him on Twitter at, at MarcoRaiders1. Um, there's a bit of ribald language in there. I've often had to call the swear jar out for our Marco. He's he, Josh Stegans, mate. Yeah, well, he can't, he'll come out with a few, few ribald <laughs> things, but he, he's never boring. Um, but he's come out and said, thoughts on the game day travel on the team and is it affecting us compared to the teams in Sydney or first half starts have been slow? Uh, I think the, the travel has, and I don't think the club ever wants this to get out or be talked about in any way, shape or form. They would, you know, I think the travel well, has been not, doesn't like excuses. No, he he's like not excuses. a man who makes excuses. And he, you heard what he said in the press conference afterwards. He wasn't happy. He wasn't happy at all. Um, and he was looking at, you know, bad options, players putting balls down, things the not thing, working. The thing that is killing us at the moment, and it's been killing us since the resumption, is the errors. Errors, absolutely. The errors. And it happened again against Parramatta. You know, we're making errors on the first set. Oh. And as soon as you do that, yep. you're under the pump. And especially with the way that the six again calls go now, and the momentum is such a factor... You make an error and you straight away you've given the yeah, team, you know, we've been, we've been under the pump. Yeah, really. In multiple games. Hold the ball, people. Um, uh, Tony McKillop at McKillop Tony has said, uh, why would our cap management be so different to other top teams? Well, look, you know, why would you uh, want a third-party sponsorship for a team that has now got three uh, free-to-wear matches this season, thanks to Channel 9? Really brilliant. Really thank you for that. That's fantastic. But make sure you get those second-to-last Broncos on every opportunity you possibly can because everyone's they're watching not on, that. They're not, they're not on tonight. Really? They yeah. fall off the planet yeah. on that one? Yeah, but are they on tomorrow night? I don't know. Anyway, um, our cap management is different. Um, you know, like uh, someone was saying the other day, you know, it's no longer the Canberra bump when you're going into contracts. Oh, but Canberra's prepared to play this. But, you know, maybe there's a Bulldogs bump in that as well. And the it's the moment. Titans. And, yeah, it used to, it used to be us that, you know, would get linked to every single player. And now it's the yeah. Bulldogs. They've got money to spend, but they couldn't land anyone. Well, and talking about landing, we've just taken in new POM, uh, Harry Rushton, young kid playing for the under-19 POMs. Looks like a great big lump of lard there. What do you think? Uh, you know, hopefully he kicks on. He's, I'd say he's a bit of a, a project. I don't think people are sort of linking his signing with the departure of, of John Bateman. I don't no, think he's going to be jettisoned straight. No, I don't think he's going to be put straight in there. I think he's, you know... They'll see how it develops, but he's 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 a good prospect. But like you know, under eighteen superstars, yeah, there's plenty of them, and not that many kick on. So hoping the best, but you know, we'll, we'll wait and see. All right. So we'll the Eels match this uh, last weekend. Um, so much to discuss. Horsburgh. I mean, we love his passion. I mean, we love we, his passion. We, we're behind him. Big red. We're behind him. One hundred and ten percent. He's really. He's. A big loss moving forward. Massive loss. Especially red. with, um, I think, our, the packs where we've been exposed a lot lately and we've struggled. Maybe we'll talk about that in depth a little bit later in the episode. But, uh, yeah, you know, back the guy 100%. Yeah. I love just, the passion. I really hope that three-month thing is, is shorter than three well, months because he's just... He, I'm going to bring up the injury, a list Frank injury. I've followed rugby league very closely for a very long time. I've never actually heard of that one before. I'm familiar with most. Uh, it's what of took the Dane terms. Beams out of the AFL, Liz Frank. So well, there you go. Yeah, but, I don't follow that sport. Yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, I do. Um, but yeah, look, here's uh, and I particularly liked. Um, I'm hoping someone has. It's not just a meme. Has actually put the picture of him in the stands. Well, there's no. The I don't up. know if you. I don't know if there's going to be any more cardboard cutouts. And I've never there, seen or? our cardboard. No, cover. I've watched. And I've <laughs> never seen Link in the summer, which makes me upset. Golden Point, I was pretty disappointed with the Golden Look, Point. It was one of those ones at the end of the game, I wasn't truly disappointed that we lost because... I was. I, I, 
was surprised that we were able to come back in. And the fact that we came back and got it to Golden Point, you know, was great. How we played in Golden Point was not great. It the wasn't. options, we pretty much took all it the worst was, possible But also, options. every time Parramatta ran at that right-hand side defence, they were making 20 metres. And the difference in the end for them taking shots that were achievable versus us not taking shots that were achievable was that 20 metres. Yeah. It really was that 20 metres. People were having a go at George Williams in his long kicking game. I Don't have a go at George Williams, really. George Williams is not what's going wrong in our side, people. That will piss me right off if people have a go at George Williams. Get him behind the bloke with a big beak from Wigan because he's awesome, okay? Yeah, some of his kicks weren't fantastic, but George Williams ain't the problem. Thing about George Williams, um, and I sort of noticed it in this game in particular, especially in the first half where he was running sideways a lot. Do you know what side he played in the UK? Left. Yes. I think he's struggling to play on the right-hand side. I think he looks better when he cuts back in, when he throws the, the ball back in. I don't know how great he is at throwing the ball from left to right. Uh, we're not seeing a lot of it. Well, the the floater over the top to Rapana in that particular match was left to right. That was pretty good. Yeah. That was pretty crash hot. I think he's there because he can be there. I, I He runs the ball and he runs the ball hard, and I really like it. And he tackles well. Like, there's nothing wrong there. Um, the other thing, and this is the reason to be cheerful this week. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. One, two, three. Elliot Whitehead. Oh, outstanding. I mean, what can we say? Do you know I predict... Yeah, I've, I did a tweet um, earlier in the week and I sort of predicted everything you were going to say. And yes, I did, did say that Whitehead would be a reasonably cheerful, but maybe because he obviously was. Well, he clearly was. He was like, the comeback was Elliot Whitehead. The fact that we scored earlier was Elliot Whitehead. Everything that was awesomely good in that match was Elliot Whitehead. Yeah. And it, it is time that he starts actually being considered in the Meninga medal counts because I, I, I seriously don't know from the moment he's arrived in this in this team while at no stage that he has been higher than that because you can take his effort to the bank. He gives 100%. He is tough as nails. His yeah. defence is absolutely outstanding and he constantly tries. He's got that grin on his face. I, I love everything about him. Um, if he ever needs to be fed, I'll feed him. You know, if he needs a pair of shoes, I'll buy them for him. I love you, Elliot. You're bloody fantastic, and you're a reason to be cheerful. And, you know, at that moment when you went through that hole, I thought, you don't have the toe, and then our chance, who was absolutely knackered from the last run that he did, <laughs> came through, and you could say, oh, not me, not me. But he did it, and good on you, Chance. I think, look, I think Chance was a reason to be cheerful in the Parramatta Gatch as yeah, well. he was And good. especially, you have to mention that tackle on Mike Acevo, oh. where he was bearing down on him, and you thought... Oh, this up. this this could be this could be a repeat of Tedesco. You know, it could be yeah, yeah. go flying. Wasn't. It could be a Darius Boyd where he's gonna like go for an intercept or just throw himself out of the way. Yeah. No, he lined him up and he brought him down, and it was absolutely beautiful. What chance lacks maybe in skill, he more than makes up for in just his heart. his heart and oh. his desire and his resilience and his effort. He's a fantastic player and a fantastic number one. He yeah, he's just fantastic. Um, look. You don't really want to point at the downsides and what went wrong in that match, but um, G. Curtis Scott wasn't good. No, it was, look, I've been calling for Curtis Scott to, to go, and uh, it's almost, when it, when it finally happened this week, it was almost a bit of case of be careful what you wish for, because now he's gone, I'm like, where well, does he's this, not gone. Where, he's, where, a, he's at number 14. Well, I wouldn't even, what's the point of having him on the bench? But I, I wouldn't even have him on the bench, but like, where do we go from here? We've got the guy for four years. You know, and he's Ricky, as I've said before, Ricky's played the big gamble to, to ship out Jordan to put Curtis Scott there. Joey, and it, Joey sorry, to put out Joey, to put um, Curtis Scott in there at centre. And look, 
we got a great bit of business because the Storm are paying most of his wages, but doesn't that tell you the fact that they were pretty keen to get rid of him? And, you know, people that get kicked out of the Storm system or generally leave the Storm system usually are punted for a reason. Well, Jordan you McLean know. left the Storm system. And yeah, but he got, paid, he got paid big bucks, you know what I mean? They didn't force him out. They would have loved to have kept him. There's a difference between people that mm. they're happy to move on. When we signed Brett White, the Storm were happy to let him move on because he was busted. He was well and truly past his best. Brett White gave us great service. Came here, did his knee, was out for a year, and didn't do much beyond that. Yeah. He was well past his prime when he came here. Right, anyway. Curtis didn't have a great match. There was the stats that came out that said, of the 14 tries, and let's remember, people, in seven matches, we've averaged conceding two tries. If you told us that seven years ago, that we'd have a season that after seven matches, we'd only conceded 14 tries, we all would have said, sign me up! <laughs> sign me up! The fact that seven of those 14 tries have all had, to a certain degrees, something to do with at least where he was defending in the line has probably meant that he's now gone to 14 on the bench. Uh, I've heard people saying that they're expecting number 19, Dynamis Louie, to come through and go into that spot. I don't know. I think Ricky likes running with a... He does, because he's had to... So many times since he's had an outside back on the bench, Yeah, he's had to call them in. And previously, when he did have four forwards on the bench, there was usually a Royce Hunt or someone else who got like a token five minutes yeah. in the second half yeah. if the game was already one if it was on the line they probably wouldn't get that minute yeah get those minutes but no that's very true i think we're all in all i think where we're struggling as a team apart from curtis scott is we are lacking a prop at the moment we've mm. got josh papali who's doing all the heavy lifting and then when when papa goes off we've got saliva havili has come on leaps and bounds and has yes. been fantastic but he's our second consistent meter maker when yep. papa's not on there now for us to be a team where a guy that we have signed, we've signed a journeyman to yeah. be a backup hooker, he's now, on not very much money, he's now our second main mm. forward meat eater. That's not a good sign. That mm. is not a good sign at all. And I'm concerned. And I think, I think that, the game suits him. I think that when... Yeah, it does suit him. But I think that when uh, John Bateman does go, and I don't think, as much as you're hopefully optimistic, I don't think he's going to hang around... We shouldn't be necessarily looking to replace like with like and try and sign another John Bateman because, as we've said before, they basically don't exist. No. You know, and outside of Wade Graham, there's no one else really I would sort of could think of that's even comparable in the competition. I think we should look to sign another prop because that's where we're lacking at the moment. See, as this should probably be his last year, I would say. Maybe he'll hang around another year, but he's almost getting, while not at the James Graham stage, he's almost getting the James Graham stage where I think that. You know, there's only so much juice you can squeeze out of the orange. Mm. And C is probably, you know, he's been a tremendous service. And obviously, we want him to stay in the club and, you know, mm. on the coaching staff, leadership role, whatever else. I think that he's probably, this should be his last year. And we've got to try and get a prop. Maybe. Um, in terms of the replacing Bateman, I think that yeah. Hudson Young, I think that Hudson Young did a good job on the back row uh, in the game against Parramatta. He looked good there. Yeah. Um, and so yeah I thought it was good and also I think it's good to have and we've got Joe Tarpanay coming I think back coming back weekend, better it's... I think and in the middle I think it's better I think having him at lock yeah. obviously we're going to miss uh, Corey Hosborough that's a big out but yeah. I think Joe Tarpany going back into the middle might help us with a bit more thrust through the middle I don't know yeah no I think you're, I think you're right there um, but uh, the, the side is for this weekend Soliola Hodgson Papali good front row Whitehead Hudson Young Tarpanay locking it up 
halves. That's a good. That pack's looking good. It but there's good. no. And then we've we got, lost our depth. We got Williams and White, and then the halves. Then we got Oldfield. Big. Now this is the thing that surprised me because in every scenario where it's I what saw, I thought would happen. No, no. But I thought that um, Curtis Scott would get dropped, and Oldfield would come into the side. But or we didn't know that Jordan Rappin would be injured as well. So maybe yeah, Bailey Simpson. That might have changed things yeah, a bit. But I thought that Kotrick would go to right centre. And it's weird that Oldfield's got right at centre. No, Ricky him. doesn't like robbing Peter to pay Paul. He doesn't think what's busted with Kotrick at the moment. And Oldfield has come in last season for Joey and held that position fine. You know. Yeah, I did didn't. It. I didn't think defensively when he did come in. He defensively he looked great at centre. I think he's better at winger. And whereas I think when Nick Kotrick did play on the right last year, mm. he did look good. He did look good. He oh, wasn't I'm, spectacular. I'm happy with but he... coming back in. I don't think we lose anything with him there. I still I wouldn't be surprised. I think he runs the ball hard, and I, I just think he's I the still right wouldn't right be surprised now. if before kickoff or at stages during the match those two alternate. Yeah, I look. They've done that before, and they've alternated. We've got Oldfield and Croker in the second row. We've got Simons on one wing, Kotrick on the other. Clockstad at fullback. Nicole Clockstad, sorry. 14, Scott's on the bench. 15, Gula, who's been playing, I thought, good football. We've got Ryan Sutton, I think, has been playing good football in 16. Yeah. And we've got Havili in uh, 17. Up against the Dragons, um, Vaughan, McInnes, and Laurie in the front row. Now, Laurie's an okay player, but he's got 51 matches underneath his belt. Uh, he's 106 kilos, 23, kilo, uh, 23 years of age. There's something in him. He, he's a decent player. We've got Fulmano in the second row. Um... He's shown something, but he's not fantastic. Then you've got Tyson Frizzell, who is fantastic. Uh, Trent Merrin, who you don't have wraps on, but I do. I've got a great deal of time for Trent Merrin, locking it up. Um, but he does look a bit like he swallowed a sheep. <laughs> he's, look, he's looking a bit barrel-bodied, barrel not just barrel-chested. Uh, we got their young man, Clune, at number seven, Adam Clune, who's uh, only on coming into his fifth game, but <clears throat> has been doing all right. Last week against the Roosters, they were, they I were think not shamed. This game, I think this game is going to be a lot... Everyone is tipping us, and uh, you know the bookmakers have got us very heavy favourites oh, this game. Extremely heavy, But yeah. I am not going into this game with a huge amount no. of confidence. No, this is a match that the Raiders just have to win. You've got Norman at 5'8". He can do anything, and he certainly is very annoying. You've got young Lomax in the centres with Ewan Aitken. Ewan Aitken has a good record against us. you got young Saab on the on the, the wing, Jason Saab. Only played four games, but he's, he's, he's a talent. He's two metres tall. Yeah, he's giant. He's enormous, Blake. He's 101, so you can expect that the ball's going to be kicked out to that way, and, uh, yeah, good luck for <laughs> contesting it there, so you just better hope that he doesn't get in position. You've got Ravalara on the other wing who can run the ball, but defence is sometimes not exactly his hot point. You've got Dufty, who's making a fist of his comeback to fullback. Then you've got Benny Hunt at 14 off the bench. Um, you've got uh, Josh Kerr coming in at 15. Um, Corbin Sims at 16. And a young man by Jackson Ford, six games so far from the Jerringong Lions, coming in and jump at 17. And now, for everyone's favourite bit, the extended bench. Who's on the extended bench? And this week, we have for the Dragons, we've got Blacker. Uh, Tristan Saylor, and we've got uh, a bloke by the name of Billy Britton. He's got four games to his name. And uh, the Blacker fella, Eddie Blacker, he's got no games. If he comes on, this will be his debut. He's 195 centimetres and 116. So there's a lot, lad. lot to see of Eddie Blacker, yeah. um, but hasn't played a game. And then you've got Tim Laffey, who's played 100. We all know he is he, he's 29. Um, so we've all seen him around. No, he's, he's a bit. He's out there. So our extended bench is we've got young Tom Starling. Uh, we got Dinamis Louis. Smallest man in the comp, I think. 
Yeah, we got uh, Matt Frawley and we got Kai O'Donnell on the bench. So who, who are you giving the extended bench to this week? I'm going to go... The Dragons. The Dragons. But the question of the extended bench is, once again, where is Sam Williams? Still no Sam Williams. No, no Sam Williams at this stage. But we, I said the same thing about Michael Oldfield. And he's in the side this week. Wasn't even on the extended bench to in the side. So, you know, that doesn't necessarily have a great bearing. Sammy's beloved by the Raiders and he loves the Raiders. He, he He's there, he's in and he's around. Um, so we've gone through the extended bench. But there was something that's made me quite angry on the weekend, Blake. And apparently uh, Blake Stradamus predicted in a rather obnoxious tweet. Um, <laughs> but do you want to know what grinds my gears, Blake? You know what really grinds my gears? How on earth... Did they think that Jared Croker played at that ball? Apparently the rule is because he left his feet, because he jumped in the air, that's considered yeah, playing at the ball. Two inches, about two inches off the ground. It was clearly, oh my God, this ball's about to go fair into my face. I'm turning around to get the hell out of the way for it, at least not get it into my face. And they said he played at it. Not in any world whatsoever was that played at. And they scored the try that pretty much won the match from that, that play from there. That ground my gears. That was a piece of shit decision. Every single, every single, uh, what are they called? Official that had anything to do with that should hang their heads in stinking shame. Yeah, that was just pathetic. See, I don't my know. Gears. I don't know whether with that one there is, you know, there's the refs are told these are the key indicators, these are the key factors. If you leave the ground or whatever else it is. Oh, the touchies called it, but Ash Klein, the great Ash Klein. Now, Ash. I've always liked you. We've always had a chat. We've always got on. Jeez, I hate it when you referee our games. I really, really don't think you're a very good official in that regard. Um, I just really don't. Um, you constantly make decisions that I don't like and don't agree with, and not just when the Raiders are playing, but, gee, it's not very good. Before, uh, we, before we wrap up for this week, one other thing that's emerged amongst the whole John Bateman most likely leaving, definitely mm. leaving, depending mm. on which side of the fence you sit on. Basically, everyone's on one side of the fence and then you're out on your little island of optimism on your own. But oh, anyway. that, that, that's, that's Pork Stradamus. Yeah, that's your Bateman will re-sign, we will keep John Bateman. <laughs> Pork Stradamus says, John Bateman will stay at the Canberra Raiders. For once, I hope Pork Stradamus is right, but I doubt it. Oh, you but... hope that Pork Stradamus is wrong before that. <laughs> All right, okay, go on. What are you saying? Yeah, well, I hoped you were wrong when you predicted that there wouldn't be a Raiders game this Friday night at Canberra Stadium, which I will be in attendance. I was lucky enough to get a ticket, taking my, my young son along with me. I was very uh, pleased about that as well. Anyway, what were you saying? Uh, Nick Kotrick. Now, his future's up in the air. Mm. The Raiders offered him a, a, a good deal, but apparently the Bulldogs are prepared to offer him more. Will he stay? I still think most likely he will stay. Whether he stays or not, though, I think will tell us about a lot about where we are as a club moving forward, what's happening. If he decides to go to the Bulldogs, leave the Raiders for more money, that's not a great sign. Look, at the end of the day, and I love Nick. And I he's think, a local boy. He's, he's a, a great local player, boy. and he is a local boy. It's all fantastic um, in that regard. You spend your money on your spine. That is where your big money goes, your nine, your six, your seven, and your one. We spend our money on those areas. Then you go out to your other special players. We spent money on Papali, and he's worth the money. You, you know, It's worth spending money on Bateman. It's worth spending money on Tarpana. These are players that do something. The players at the end of that list of where should get the big money are the centres and the wingers. Yeah, well... The centres are behind the wingers. The wingers are in front of the centres. How much is Jared Croker on? I don't know. That's not my business. Probably a lot. Uh, he's the captain of the side, and he's been a loyal player, and he's a good player. And his kicking at the present moment yeah. is bloody outstanding. 
That's um, what I mean. So he's probably on quite a lot too. So yeah, there's only so much money. There is only so much money, and I would like to keep Nick Trotrick, and I know that we will have put in a good offer for him. Yeah, but the but point is, the we end can't of the break day, the bank. He's a winger. Yeah, we can't with, break the... and a centre, and that and that's where it comes to. Yeah. So I don't think that's an indicator of where we're at. I think the indicator of where we're at is when you start looking at your your forwards, your up and coming forwards. You know, if Emre Guler all of a sudden got up and left, or if we lost the lead for Havili, that's more an indicator because those are the players that are in our engine room. And if we start losing, you know, it'd be them, great to have this year. Uh, and unfortunately, moved on, but was from Sydney. I want to go back to yeah. Liam Knight. He's a good player, isn't he? It's a pity we don't have him. Yeah, no, there's not many players with the ability to ingest fly spray like him. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no. Look, he went because he got more money from... But I'll say he was a Sydney boy and it made sense he wanted to go Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. And look, he was playing good football for us, but he was playing off the bench. Yeah. Whereas he's starting at the at, at South. So, yeah. you know, you can't hold him against that. What I'd like is I'd like John Bateman to get back on the field. I like the Raiders to win this weekend. I agree with you. I think if we win this match, it's going to be a grinding match. It won't be a blowout match. I think it'll be a one to twelve. Um, we have to win this. Game. We have to win this match. We have to win this match to to stay relevant in there because after this weekend, um, you know, where then Brewsters, we've got we've got the Canberra Raiders. Uh, we've got sorry, the Melbourne Storm next weekend. Oh, now, same the here at Campbelltown Stadium, but I can pretty much tell you it's going to be at GIO. Yeah. Um, then we've got the Roosters on the Thursday night um, with us having a five-day turnaround yeah. and the Roosters having, oh, what's this? A seven-day turnaround. It's going to be tough. And then so, we've got Souths. And then, yeah, after that, Souths we come back home for Souths. They're not going that great, but they're not going that poorly either. No. But then after that, I think we've actually got an all right draw. Yeah, but we need to win a fair few of those matches after that. After that, we've got North Queensland up there and what they did to... Um, Newcastle should be noted. Then we're away to Penrith, which is not... A, no, that's a tough That's game. not fun. Then we bring the Brisbane Broncos here. Uh, and then after that, we got the Titans up there. Uh, that's what I mean. It does the get Bulldogs easier. Here. Look, it there, does there get bits easier. and pieces, but winning this weekend... There's no And that's easy... all Rick will be saying, win this weekend. Yeah. There's no easy match in the NRL. It's a cliche, but it's true. No. But we, we've got some really tough ones, you know, and we've lost to Parramatta we've lost to Manly we can't lose to the Dragons no we need to win this match really just for the whole shape of the team we need to hi Alan Sung here former Canberra Raiders captain and you know what I don't really listen to podcasts but if I did I'd probably listen to the third most popular Canberra Raiders one Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. You have been listening to the third most popular Canberra Raiders podcast on the internet. Before we go, I just want to tell a quick story this morning. I was packing my son off to school, nine-year-old son. You know, mm. Eddie. Have you, have, yeah, on your Eddie, on your Matthew. Have you have you got your lunch? Have you got your school bag? Have you got your jacket? And he yeah, just yeah. stops as he's heading out the door and he said to me, Dad, Papa and White aren't going to leave too, are they? And I said, oh, no, son. No, son, they're, they're staying. To, they're quote staying. The cla- to quote the classics, Eddie, Papa won't leave you, Eddie. Papa won't leave you, boy. And uh, it's it's one of those things when you when you raise a child, and I've only had one, and this is a whole experience for me. But you get to witness certain points in their lives where they have a little bit of a, a loss of innocence. Yes, a little bit of magic of life's gone. Indeed. I think I think John Bateman leaving. It's kind of you know crushed us all. Yes. So if yeah, you, that's you're listening out there, John. Just understand, we still love you. We still want you to stay. We still want you back. We're, we're prepared to forgive everything at this present stage and get back to the table. Get back to the loving and away from the feuding and the fussing. You know, you're meant to be with us. We're meant to be with you. It was fate 
brought us together and fate should keep us together. So stay strong. You have been listening to the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, brought to you with the dubious support of The Greenhouse and the cash money sponsorship of Landspeed Records. Uh, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And we'll talk to you soon. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork.